Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. So glad you could join me today to get a portion of God's Word. Today, we're going to start a new book, the book of Esther. But before we get started, I just want to say congratulations to all the podcasters who are reading along with me, who read through the book of Nehemiah with me. It's been an awesome journey so far. I just want to send a shout out to the people, the podcasters all over the world. To say congratulations. I'm glad having you on board with us on our team to read through the Bible. God recognizes you and so do we. And we're just so grateful for everyone that participates in this reading through the Bible in a year. And I hope it's a blessing to you because it's certainly a blessing to me. Okay, we're going to get started with the book of Esther. I'm going to introduce it and we're going to get started. Esther, introduction. While Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah led some 50,000 people to their homeland, many more were reluctant to leave their adopted home in Persia. Esther's story takes place against this Persian background. Chosen to replace the banished queen, Esther soon finds herself and her countrymen threatened by a bizarre plot. Her faithful and courageous action saves God's people from destruction and provides the occasion for an annual celebration still observed by Jews today, the Festival of Purim. Vital Statistics Author, possibly Mordecai, though some have suggested Ezra or Nehemiah. Date written, around 470 B.C. Purpose, to demonstrate God's sovereignty and His loving care for His people. The themes, God's sovereignty, loyalty to Judaism. Day 132 May 11th, Esther, chapters 1 and 2, Esther's Exaltation, Overview. The book of Esther is the story of a beautiful Jewish girl who rises from obscurity to prominence when she becomes the new queen of Persia. Although God's name is not mentioned anywhere in the account, his hand is visible everywhere as he places Esther in the Persian palace and her cousin Mordecai's name in the royal history books for just such a time as this. Chapter 4, verse 14. Chapter 1. Xerxes' dinner. Vashti's divorce. Banishment. Verses 1 to 9 and verses 10 to 22. Chapter 2. Esther's coronation. Verses 1 to 18. And Mordecai's loyalty. Verses 19 to 23. Bravery. Insight. The Palace Fortress of Susha, Esther 1-2. Susa had been the capital of ancient Elam, chapter 1, verse 2. Persian King Darius built an impressive 10-acre citadel at this location. Susa served as the capital for Xerxes and other Persian rulers only during the winter months because the summer temperatures were unbearable, regularly climbing well over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Insight. A fatal plot 
at a fateful moment. Esther 2, 21-23 At a significant moment, Mordecai became aware of a plot devised by two eunuchs of the royal bodyguard to put King Xerxes to death. Chapter 2, verse 21-23 to Mordecai secretly passed the news to Esther, who reported it in Mordecai's name. The conspirators were put to death, and the incident was written up in the book of the history of King Xerxes' reign. Ironically, about 15 years later, Xerxes would finally lose his life as a result of a similar plot. Esther, Chapter 1, The King's Banquet These events happened in the days of King Xerxes, who reigned over 127 provinces stretching from India to Ethiopia. At that time, Xerxes ruled his empire from his royal throne at the fortress of Susha. In the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials. He invited all the military officers of Persia and Media, as well as the princes and nobles of the provinces. The celebration lasted 180 days, a tremendous display of the opulent wealth of his empire and the pomp and splendor of his majesty. When it was all over, the king gave a banquet for all the people from the greatest to the least who were in the fortress of Susha. It lasted for seven days and was held in the courtyard of the palace garden. The courtyard was beautifully decorated with white cotton curtains and blue hangings, which were fastened with white linen cords and purple ribbons, the silver rings embedded in marble pillars. Gold and silver couches stood on a mosaic pavement of porphyry, marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. Drinks were served in gold goblets of many designs, and there was an abundance of royal wine reflecting the king's generosity. By edict of the king, no limits were placed on the drinking, for the king had instructed all his palace officials to serve each man as much as he wanted. At the same time, Queen Vashti gave a banquet for the woman in the royal palace of King Xerxes. Queen Vashti deposed. On the seventh day of the feast, when King Xerxes was in high spirits because of the wine, he told the seven eunuchs who attended him, Mehuman, Bista, Harbona, Bigta, Abagta, Zeta, and Carcass, to bring Queen Vashti to him with the royal crown on her head. He wanted the nobles and all the other men to gaze on her beauty, for she was a very beautiful woman. But when they conveyed the king's order to Queen Vashti, she refused to come. This made the king furious, and he burned with anger. He immediately consulted with his wise advisers, who knew all the Persian laws and customs, for he always asked their advice. The names of these men were Kashina, Shita, Admata, Tashish, Mez, Masina, and Mimakan, seven nobles of Persia and Media. They met with the king regularly and held the highest positions in the empire. What must be done to Queen Vashti? The king demanded. What penalty does the law provide for a queen who refuses to obey the king's orders properly sent through his eunuchs? Memekin answered the king and his nobles. Queen Vashti has wronged not only the king but also every noble and citizen throughout your empire. Women everywhere will begin to despise their husbands 
when they learn that Queen Vashti has refused to appear before the king. Before this day is out, the wives of all the king's nobles through all Persia and Media will hear what the queen did and will start treating their husbands the same way. There will be no end to their contempt and anger. So if it please the king, we suggest that you issue a written decree, a law of the Persians and Medes that cannot be revoked. It should order that Queen Vashti be forever banished from the presence of King Xerxes, and that the king should choose another queen more worthy than she. When this decree is published throughout the king's vast empire, husbands everywhere, whatever their rank, will receive proper respect from their wives. The king and his nobles thought this made good sense, so he followed Mimukin's counsel. He sent letters to all parts of the empire, to each province in its own script and language, proclaiming that every man should be the ruler of his own home and should say whatever he pleases. Esther chapter 2 Esther becomes queen. But after Xerxes' anger had subsided, he began thinking about Vashti and what she had done in the decree he had made. So his personal attendant suggested, Let us search the empire to find beautiful young virgins for the king. Let the king appoint agents in each province to bring these beautiful young women into the royal harem at the fortress of Susa. Haggai, the king's eunuch in charge of the harem, will see that they are all given beauty treatments. After that, the young woman who most pleases the king will be made queen instead of Vashti. This advice was very appealing to the king, so he put the plan into effect. At that time, there was a Jewish man in the fortress of Susa whose name was Mordecai, son of Jer. He was from the tribe of Benjamin and was a descendant of Kish and Shimei. His family had been among those who, with King Jehoiakim of Judah, had been exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. This man had a very beautiful and lovely young cousin, Hadassah, who was also called Esther. When her father and mother died, Mordecai adopted her into his family and raised her as his own daughter. As a result of the king's decree, Esther, along with many other young women, was brought to the king's harem at the fortress of Susa and placed in Haggai's care. Haggai was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered a special menu for her and provided her with beauty treatments. He also assigned her seven maids, specially chosen from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. Esther had not told anyone of her nationality and family background because Mordecai had directed her not to do so. Every day, Mordecai would take a walk near the courtyard of the harem to find out about Esther and what was happening to her. Before each young woman was taken to the king's bed, she was given the prescribed 12 months of beauty treatments, 6 months with oil of myrrh, followed by six months with special perfumes and ointments. When it was time for her to go to the king's palace, she was given her choice of whatever clothing or jewelry she wanted to take from the harem. That evening, she was taken to the king's private rooms, and the next morning, she was brought to the second harem, where the king's wives lived. There, she would be under the care of Sashgaz, the king's eunuch in charge of the concubines, she would never go to the king again unless he especially enjoyed her and requested her by name. Esther was the daughter of Abihail, who was Mordecai's uncle. Mordecai had adopted his younger cousin Esther. When it was Esther's turn to go to the king, she accepted the advice of Haggai, 
the eunuch in charge of the harem. She asked for nothing except what he suggested, and she was admired by everyone who saw her. Esther was taken to King Xerxes at the royal palace in early winter of the seventh year of his reign, and the king loved Esther more than any of the other young women. He was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her head and declared her queen instead of Vashti. To celebrate the occasion, he gave a great banquet in Esther's honor for all his nobles and officials declaring a public holiday for the provinces and giving generous gifts to everyone. Even after all the young women had been transferred to the second harem and Mordecai had become a palace official, Esther continued to keep her family background and nationality a secret. She was still following Mordecai's directions, just as he did when she lived in his home. Mordecai's Loyalty to the King One day, as Mordecai was on duty at the king's gate, two of the king's eunuchs, Bigdana and Teresh, who were guards at the door of the king's private quarters, became angry at King Xerxes and plotted to assassinate him. But Mordecai heard about the plot and gave the information to Queen Esther. She then told the king about it and gave Mordecai credit for the report. When an investigation was made and Mordecai's story was found to be true, the two men were impaled on a shopping pole. This was all recorded in the book of the history of King Xerxes' reign. My Daily Walk Of all the bad luck, why did that have to happen to me? It's truly amazing. How quickly we credit our setbacks in life, the bad luck, and our successes to hard work. As you read the book of Esther, you'll find a remarkable assortment of setbacks and successes. But one common thread runs through them all. God was at work behind the scenes. Esther's unexpected promotion, Mordecai's forgotten act of heroism, neither was an accident. Rather, God was weaving a beautiful lesson on sovereignty from the threads in their lives, showing that in their day, as in yours, God is in control. It's a truth found not only in the book of Esther, read about it as well in Exodus 4.11, Psalm 115.3, Daniel 4.17, and 32, and Romans 8.28. Man proposes, God disposes. That's so awesome. That's all for today, my friends. It was so great reading along with you. Have a great day and keep up the good work. God bless, and I will see you tomorrow. Lord willing, peace.